0: This morning we're going to be talking about the Prince of Peace, and we're going to be talking about how the Lord has um, just watches over us. When we live in worry and anxiety, we sabotage God's desire for us to live in peace. When we choose faith, we open up opportunities for us to live in peace, right? It is not always easy to choose faith. It is not always easy to walk as Jesus walked. And it is something that we need to uh, consider as something that we can do. Our first point this morning is peace in salvation. When we find Jesus Christ and we surrender to Him, we have we will find peace and salvation. While we know that Satan is the specific enemy of God, we can find ourselves in a position as God's enemy due to sin. Sin, when we are in opposition to God's will. That's how it's defined, right? Sin is when we're in opposition to God's will for our lives. Colossians 1.21 says, This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. And it's a little humbling as we look at this that we see that we once... We're enemies too because all have fallen short of God's glory and need um, that act of surrender. So when we surrender to the Lord, we become ambassadors in Christ Jesus. When we surrender, we become ambassadors to Christ Jesus. In 2 Corinthians 5 20 and 21, so we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ. When we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sins so that we could be made right with God through Christ. We must understand that we are nothing on our own strength. Right? We cannot make it to heaven under our own strength. Our deeds are rubbish. If we do not have Christ there first, our pretty face, it's going to fade away. It's going to fade away. That should be, that's like marriage counseling 101. See this pretty face? It's going to go away. And my wife's like, it already has. Just kidding. Uh, Not only, Jesus saves us from our destruction, doesn't he? He has a desire to do so, but he has to, we have to do it under his terms and not ours. When we try to do it with good works, it doesn't work. When we try to um, surrender to something that's similar to Jesus but not, it doesn't work. We have to surrender to his way. It literally is his way or the highway to hell, Right? So we need to come back to Jesus. We need to come back to him, and we need to preach that message that we find in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Come back to Jesus. Come back to God. Come back and search for his heart, his will, his way. What do we do? Who is going to save us? Well, we know that it's Jesus Christ. So when we humble ourselves like we find in James chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. So we humble yourselves before God. That is key. Okay. So if we want to resist the devil, we humble ourselves before God. That is an act of surrender. How do you show your surrender to the Lord? Um, one way is through prayer. Right. We can do it through prayer. So humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and God. And the world. Remember, the Lord gave His Son to rescue us from our sin and death. Just as God surrendered His Son in the birth story, so we must surrender our story to Him. Okay? So, just as God surrendered His Son in the birth story, so we must too surrender our story to Him. When we surrender to the Lord, he will restore us under his authority. We are transformed by the renewing of our minds. Once we do that, we were looking at this uh, at youth group on Thursday night. There's a, a video, and it was about the monarch butterfly, and it, that is where we get that from Romans chapter 12, verse 2, that metamorphosis is that transform your Um, by the renewing of your mind. It is an actual, that, that caterpillar goes into the chrysalis and it breaks itself down chemically and rebuilds itself into a butterfly. And what a perfect explanation of what Christ does in our life when he takes our mind and he transforms it with the renewing power of his Holy Spirit. It is a wonderful thing to see. And it's an even more wonderful thing to experience, isn't it, believers? And it's not something that just happens. It is something that is an act of God's will when we surrender our will to him. Okay? When we surrender, then he transforms us with the renewing of our minds, breaks down the thought process and rebuilds it up in a way that gives him the glory. So additionally, God clears our conscience and makes it sensitive to him. So when you become a believer of Jesus Christ, soon you will understand that, hey, this is right and this is wrong. I see the difference between the two. Maybe I shouldn't say those words. Maybe I shouldn't walk down that street. Maybe I shouldn't talk so closely to so and so because they have an influence on me or maybe I'm attracted to that person and so as we come before a holy God we see in Hebrews chapter 10 that process starting in verse 19 and going through 22 it says and so dear brothers and sisters we can boldly enter God's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus isn't that Exciting and sorrowful all at the same time. Jesus died for you and I. That we can come to the throne of God. Verse 20. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty conscience has been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean and our bodies have been washed with pure water. What does that mean? When we can go into the presence of the most holy God, we can find peace. We can find that peace that passes understanding. If we are right with God and we can go into his presence, so that means we clean our hearts up, we ask for forgiveness, so cleansed with fire, salvation, washed with water. That's the forgiveness process that we have symbolized in baptism, right? Does that make sense? Okay. So it says been washed and purified with water, right? So we have a way to heaven, a way to the Father through Jesus Christ, his son, our Savior. See how we can possess that? Jesus Christ is our Savior, that excites me. He is my Savior. I can say that Jesus Christ is my friend. He's a friend of sinners. Wow. That brings me peace. Jesus Christ, he loved us so much that he chose to come as a sacrifice to save us. And he set the example we are to follow. Will you allow God's peace into your life. Think about Jesus before the Pharisees. Was he in anxiety? Was he worried about what he was going to say? No, because he was in um, communion with the Father. And so the Father was able to place what he needed to say when he needed to say it. I'm sure Jesus had a couple of things he could probably figure out himself, right? But Jesus always looks at the solution, Right? They tried to trap Jesus. Should we give to the temple or should we give to Caesar? And he says, Whose face is on that coin? Well, it's Caesar's. Well, you should give to Caesar. What's Caesar's? And you should give to God. What's God? They never even, even came close to thinking we should give to both. They stopped asking him questions. So, my question is will you surrender to an almighty God who gave up his son? for us so we can get back to the heavenly father okay did god surrender first in this relationship between god and us did he surrender first he did not compromise but he definitely surrendered his son for us first he set the example for us to follow he is not asking anything that he didn't do in the first place. That is comforting to me. And that is an act of love. That shows me that I can trust this God who loves me. And I can love him with all my heart because he's done the same for me. That's interesting. Um, that's something I've been trying to work through to explain probably the last six months to you guys. right? But he did it first. So we can follow in his footsteps in that act of surrender. Because he surrendered his son to us for our sins. So we can surrender our sins for his son and for God. Pretty amazing. Because when we live in worry and anxiety, we sabotage God's desire for us to live in peace. When we choose faith, we open up opportunities to live in that peace. That's exciting to me. The next point. Peace is in the tension. Peace in the tension. Well, what do you mean by that? How can you have peace in the tension? Well, can you have an environment that you're going through that you don't know the outcome, that you don't know where it's going and how we're going to get there? That's the tension. But God says, I got you. I can get you through this. I've experienced that personally. I know Craig Tells a great story about that personally. I I know many of you guys have experienced that before. And it's wonderful to uh, be in that. So worry, anxiety, they're the enemy of peace. Well, pastor, you don't understand the anxiety that I go through and things. I get it. There's a lot of levels of anxiety But I'm going to tell you, God's word says that his peace is the answer for that anxiety. Now, I'm not saying there's not times that you don't need a little bit of help, whether it's medication to get through this. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying you should get off your anxiety medicine right away either, okay? It's something you need to work through with your doctor as well, right? However... We've always said medication is not the answer. The Lord is. It doesn't mean uh, you can't use both, okay? So I'm just going to clarify that right at the get-go because I, I, have, I already had people that will shut me down right away because you don't know what you're talking about. You've never dealt with this level of anxiety. And, okay, um, I can, I've had times where anxiety gets heavy on me. I've never had to be medicated because of anxiety, okay? but everyone understands anxiety, okay? To be frozen because you don't know the next step, everybody understands that, okay? Now, your level of frozen is different than my level of frozen, right? Because one of the things that helps me is, I'm gonna go on a sidebar here just a little bit, is the Lord God, he brings that peace, I explained this once to a youth, and I think this is the Lord's um, explanation that's helped me explain this well, okay? I was talking to a youth, and I knew she had a dirty room, okay? her A messy room. It wasn't dirty. It was messy. Clothes all over, stuff all over, things need to be picked up, Um, things... Clutter all over. What does clutter bring? It brings anxiety, right? And so you walk into that room and you wonder, how can I get through this? There's a lot of tension here. And if I were to clean this up, it would take some of that tension away. You can apply this to your life, folks. There's a lot of tension in my life emotionally. How can I get through this? And I got it from the movie, What about Bob? (laughs) Baby steps, okay? It, It so works. You don't look at the room as the big problem. You look at one problem in the room because there's several. I say, where is your hamper in your room? Well, it's across the room. It's across the room. It's by my dresser. I can't even get to it without stepping on things. Well, first baby step, clear a path to the hamper, Right? Clear a path. So you clear a path to the hamper. And then you start picking up your clothes. And you start a load of laundry while you come back and you make your bed. And then you, when you make your bed, you go go through a clockwise or counterclockwise motion through the, the room. Or you do it in different things as you want to go through and pick up your room. And you can do that the same way. Write down what is giving you anxiety in your life. Don't work on All of them, at the same time, work on one. How does Dave Ramsey say to take care of debt? Pay them all down? No. You look at the one that gives you the highest anxiety, in a sense, the highest interest rate, and you pay that one down. It's the same principle across the whole gambit, okay? It's nothing new. I thought that was very important to say this morning. came definitely from the Lord. And then you apply Philippians chapter 4 verses 6 and 7. If you struggle with anxiety, you need to memorize these verses. And if you're like, I have a hard time memorizing, I have a song that we sang at VBS that will get this for you. And you will be able to memorize it like that, okay? It says, do not worry about anything. Instead, pray in everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which is exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. You want to hear him song now, don't you? I kind of want to sing it. All right. It says, do not be anxious in anything, but in everything, with prayer, petition, with thanksgiving, place your trust in God, and the peace of God will guard your heart. Guard your heart, mind, and soul in Christ Jesus. I kind of shortened it a little bit there, but that's, the, that's how I memorized that verse. I was like, oh, I love that song. We're singing that song. Um, it's hip, it's fast, and that's, that, that's, that's the two requirements for my VBS songs right there. Uh, <laughs> but let's break that down. Do you have something on your mind? Is something giving you anxiety? something bringing worry? Take it to God. Do you have a weight on your shoulders? My God is my cross bearer. He can be your crossbearer as well if you accept him to be that way. He will certainly assist in your burdens that weigh you down. It is a yoke, folks. How many people does it take or how many animals does it take to be in a yoke? Generally speaking, it's one or two, Right? If we are going to share that yoke with the Lord, it's two. So we bear some of that burden, but He can take the brunt of the workload. And sometimes we can ride on His back, and He will put that yoke on Himself and carry it all by Himself. Amen. A yoke with, um, like, if you ever seen two oxen when they, they come together and they pull a plow or pull a wagon, right? Back in the day, two horses. They have a, a thing that goes over top of their, yeah. What's that? Well, they're, they're called oxen, yeah, that can do that. There's a certain kind of bowl that does that, yeah. And so that that piece of wood that they have over top of them, that's a yoke. And God says he'd share that yoke and he would pull with us in that. Okay. So is anxiety, is the anxiety still there? Sometimes it is. Sometimes it is. If it is still there, here's some things that we can still work on to further work on that anxiety. We can praise God for all that he has done in our life. I love that last song we ended on for all that you have done for all that you have done. We raise your banner high, right, for all that you've done. That's not quite right, but it's pretty close. I really, really like that song that we did. We thank him for where we have come from and where we are going. We have that anticipation that God is going to lead us through this problem and that we can see to the other side. It's not always easy, but he can do it. He can and will assist in your burdens that weigh us down, right? We thank him for the blessings that we have already received. We thank him for what he is about to do. We thank him for the trial we're going through because it is deepening our faith in him. You ever think of a trial that way? Thank you, Lord, for this trial. Thank you, Lord, for my youngest daughter. She can be a trial sometimes for me, right? But she's also a blessing there too. And so I need to learn how to relieve some of her anxiety so we can communicate better. That's part of my responsibility as, as her father, right, to set that example. Thank him in the lean and thank him in the plenty. Thank him in the highs and thank him in the lows, in the dark and in the light, in the tough times and in the blessed. And his peace will guard our hearts and mind as we live In Christ Jesus, live a life worthy of the calling that he has for each one of you. Amen? So how should we live? We seek his peace daily. Seek his peace daily. Matthew 6, 33 and 34 says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Seek the Lord on a daily basis. It will make it will help you so well. How can you do this? You work this pattern. Confession, praise, thanksgiving, and then asking for our needs. Well, Pastor, how do I remember that? Well, I do it like with cats, okay? Confession, adoration, thanksgiving, and supplication, okay? Those are the Christianese words. You can also may have learned it, the the act style of prayer, which is adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. So cats, I like to confess first because then it cleans my heart and allows me to praise him and give him the praise better. Okay, That's what I found. Let that become part of your prayer needs, and he will supply all that we need. Next we find in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, it says, Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way and make your whole spirit and your soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. Has he come once? Yeah, that's why we, have, that's why we celebrate Christians. Christmas, right? Christians celebrate Christmas. Whoa. Whoa. I'm having a rough time this morning. We are set apart for the Lord as his servants. Not only are we set apart as his servants, we are also his army in a sense too, right? We are his knights for the battle, his battlefield. He wants us to be in prayer. He wants to be us to know his word so we can pray it back to him so we have tools to fight with. God's word is sharper than a double-edged sword. And we need to be ready. God calls us to be ready. Because we don't know when he's coming back. We don't know when we're going to be attacked. And we don't know when he's going to call us to go into his service. So we need to be ready. How do we do that? One, we cast off our old self. Cast off our old self. Be transformed by the renewing of our minds, we said earlier in the service. Live a life of obedience. We need to walk as Jesus walked. Those who say that live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. You guys remember the reference? 1 John 2.6, right? 1 John 2.6. Man, is he ever going to get off that? Not for a while. It keeps coming up. Watch out for false prophets. Watch out for false prophets, and finally, build one another up in love. Well, Pastor, where did you get all that application? You had four applications you just rattled off real quick there, and it seems like you 've been coming up with that for a long time. It's First John. Read the book of First John. Those four themes will come up over and over and over. They're a circular pattern that just goes throughout First John. Read it over and over. It will help you. Work on your peace. Because when we live in worry and anxiety, we sabotage God's desire for us to live in peace. When we choose faith, we open up opportunities to live in that peace. Finally, peace with humility. We mentioned it early on, but we're going to mention it again. Who is the biggest authority in in your life that's the question i want you to ask who's the biggest authority in my life okay who is the biggest authority in my life so let's start with the daily grind in the daily grind who is the biggest authority in my life i use the strength that the lord has given me that's what i that's how i would answer that that's not right but that's how i'd answer that right Okay, I'm just giving you a clue that it sounds really good. It sounds really Christianese. I'm gonna use the Lord the strength the Lord has given me. Right? That's not right. I'm gonna use the strength of the Lord. That's it. That's where it should be. Okay, I'm just giving you the answer before I get there, right? So whose strength do you rely on when you when push comes to shove? When push comes to shove and stress is starting to raise up a little bit, when things I will use the quick prayer approach. Lord help me. Lord, help me, right? Help me get through this. I'll pray more later, but I need your help right now. That's not necessarily wrong, but there could be a better way. And we'll get to that at the end. You're going to see. So whose strength do we use when the pain and anxiety is way too much for us to handle? That's where I go, Jesus, take the wheel, right? I'm like, it is yours. That's when I want to just give it up to him. Yeah, it is. Not a bad song. It's got a good chorus anyway. Um, how, how do you know that this is his strength and not yours? When you give it up to the Lord, how do you know that it is his, his strength and not our, ours? He begins to do things that are amazing. He begins to do things that we can't do on our own. We start seeing a, um, a solution to the anxiety and the things that are causing anxiety around us. We start to get courage in the fear of the unknown. We start to see that we can walk as Jesus walks because he delivers us in the peace that passes understanding, and it's almost like you can see the end before it even starts. We told the story before, but it it helps me illustrate this really well. We, the Lord had told us to sell our house and move into the parsonage. Um, There's a lot of things that were unknown in that, but the biggest unknown was, are we going to be able to sell our house for enough profit to get out of the debt that we're already in Um, from the mortgage, right? Uh, We were, and it was great, but to get into that, the Lord said, you needed to get the house on the market by a certain date as to Brandy, and then he told me it would be sold by a certain date, and it was. We actually had a rental agreement for a, a month, but that paid our mortgage because we didn't have any more savings. And that that uh, check for the, to rent the house paid for um, us to be able to move over and, and get things situated, and then we were able to close. We used that closing money to pay for the appliances in the, in the parsonage, And in that span is a lot of anxiety. Because you could walk out of that with more debt that you walked into. And that's like, all right, Lord, this is yours. In the midst of the chaos of getting everything around and where we're supposed to be, I'm going to give this over to you. This belongs to you. It's your problem. You solve it. And he said, I will have it solved by this date. And he solved it by that date. Praise the Lord. That's one of the best times that I've ever walked in uh, God's peace. The question that I want to pose you this morning, though, is why don't we give Jesus the wheel every morning? Why do we wait till the anxiety goes way up? We give Jesus the wheel every morning, and then the daily grind is not near as bad. The pressure that comes along, we can see the solution before it even gets there. And when the problem gets so big, it's like, oh, this is easy because he's already got, a, he's already got a, a plan for this. And I'm going to rest in his plan. It's remembering that I'm not using my authority. I'm using his authority. So who has the biggest authority in your life? And I would challenge you if you say it's the Lord. Your level of anxiety will reflect that. The higher the anxiety you have in your life, the less amount of surrender. OK? That's a hard truth. But I said it, and it's recorded on Facebook. <laughs> Why do we wait for the chaos? Why do we wait for the chaos? First Peter five. 6 and 7 says, So humble yourself under the mighty power of God, and at the right time he will lift you up in honor. Give all the worries and cares to God, and he cares because he cares about you. It's over and over this, in the scriptures about his peace. It says it a different way. God works with a humble heart. When we surrender it to him, We are coming to him in humility. His peace is given freely to those who seek humbly. Mary, in the call to worship, is a good example. When the angel of the Lord says, do not be afraid, she says, okay, I won't be. She's a great example of how to walk in peace. Gideon, is an example. I would not say he's necessarily a good example at the beginning, but he learns. He learns how to walk in peace. Uh, Abram is another good example. He's a very good example. Turns into Abraham. He still walks away, but he walks back. Moses. Moses is probably the worst guy of walking in peace in the Bible. And God makes him walk in it a lot. (laughs) like, this problem is so big, there's no way you can handle it. He's like, I know, so give it to somebody else. <laughs> he says that so many times. Take this burden away from me, Lord. Get it out of here. Can you identify with that? Because Moses sure could. And he says, I know it's too big for you, but when you come to me, and that's what Moses had. He was able to come to the Lord and surrender Sometimes it was in smoting surrender, smote him, Lord, get rid of him. He's like, but my name, oh yeah, your name, and God's like, well, I'm gonna smote him. He says, no, Lord, your name, remember your name, and it it is a great. If you deal with anxiety, read the story of Moses again. It is such a great passage on how to work through that struggle. It's amazing. Who gets the praise? In a believer's life, in a believer's life, I believe it's the big three God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So I got to ask you I'm asking you a lot of questions this morning, aren't I? Who do you brag about? Who do you brag about? When something good happens in your life, does God get that praise? We want to brag about what Jesus has done in life. When, the, when was the last time you were so excited about what the Lord is doing in and through you, you needed to tell somebody about it? I remember, I'm starting to do this a little bit more and more. It takes, I think it takes practice, okay? I remember doing it to uh, somebody at the Santa breakfast as we were setting up, and they were like, oh, okay. Um, they weren't ready for that. And I was like, well, that's all right. I'm going to give God the glory. I'm going to give God the glory, the glory he deserves. Are you willing to do that too? Or are we taking away the glory he deserves? How do we do that? You'll never guess what happened to me the other day. Who's the center of that story? I am. It's a hard truth, isn't it? I'm, I'm preaching to the choir. I do this all the time, okay? Okay. You'll never believe what the Lord delivered me through the other day. would be a better way to tell that story. The Lord saved me from this accident when I was driving through town and the Lord's hand intervened and I was saved. No, I always say it, I almost got hit the other day and it, I don't know how I got, I know how. That's a stupid, that's a lie. It's a straight up lie. I know how I was saved, but I'm too scared to tell them. A little bit of that is fear, right? I shouldn't have fear. Part of it is habit. I shouldn't have that habit. I need to get out of that habit and break that habit and praise the Lord through that. The Lord provided for my needs. When? I wasn't sure how this was going to go. I didn't know how this business deal was going to go down. And the Lord walked me through it. He provided that peace I needed to work through that business deal. The Lord walked through how I was going to get fed yesterday. And he will do it again today. Give us today our daily bread. That is that prayer. Giving the Lord credit for today's provision. The Lord give me courage to put him first in my life. What is out of your mouth first, you or the Lord? It's something your pastor's working on. That's why I'm challenging you to do the same thing. Galatians 6, 14 through 16 says this way, As for me, I will never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, my interest in this world has been crucified The world's interest in me has also died. It doesn't matter whether we have been circumcised or not. What counts is whether we have been transformed into a new creation. May God's peace and mercy be upon all who live by this principle. They are the new people of God. Wow. That's exciting. To live with the mindset that the Lord gets the glory today when I wake up. How can I glorify the, the Lord in my life? How can I do it with my coworkers? How can I do it with my family? How can I do it with my friends? How do we achieve this? Well, we do it by these three, three or four ways. I guess I got four here. It says, growing in the knowledge of the Lord. 2 Peter Verse 1, verse 2, it says, May God, who gives you more and more grace and peace as you grow in the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. As we grow in our knowledge of the Lord, we learn how to depend on him more. When we depend on him more, his peace is allowed to show up in a mighty presence in our life. Read your Bible and meditate on what you read. And I would add to that, listen to Christian music. Listen to to Christian music because garbage in is garbage out so his blessing that comes into our minds is a blessing that goes out. You're like, "Well, Shane, I just don't like any of the pop music that we hear on the Christian radio today." Well, then you might have to invest in a musical service like Spotify. If you listen to commercials on there, then you can you can listen to the music that you want to hear sp- specifically. That glorifies God. That's, that's what I've had to do. I can listen to pop Christian for so long, uh, but then I get annoyed by it, and then I go to my Spotify list, and I listen to that, because I know it's got good theological, sound Christian teachings that I'm putting into my mind musically that, as you guys know, that's how I can memorize scripture like that. And the peace of God will guard... Sorry. Number two, be content with the tools the Lord has given us. The apostle Paul was thinking that he could do so much more for the kingdom of God if God would only take away this thorn in his flesh. If he would take it away, then, Lord, look at the things that I could do. But God had it there for a reason, didn't he? Paul doesn't know that reason he does now that he's passed away, but um, he didn't know that at the time. And God came down, and he asked him three times to take this thing away. And he replies in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7, or I guess it's 9 and 10. It says, each time, he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am Glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in the insults and hardships and persecution and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong through Christ Jesus. I'll add at the end, right? When we are weak, he is strong. When we are weak, he gets the glory. When we are weak but willing, God is so So big. Amen? I serve a big God. And if I allow him to take control and take the lead in my life, he shows up in my life and I can express him so much easier. Why can't we change this troubled world for the Lord? Because we don't give our world to the Lord. Right? We want to have control. We want to have it to be us. It can't be it can't be folks I'd like to say that I'm preaching only to you but I'm pointing finger three fingers right back at me number 3 look at the worth look at our worth through God's eyes look at our worth through God's eyes look at what God gave for us James chapter 1:17 whenever whatever is good whatever is perfect is a gift coming down To us from God our Father who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts or shifting shadows. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. We are his prized possession. Why? Jesus Christ was his prized possession, right? Think about that. We are not his prized possession unless Jesus intervenes for us. And he does willingly and with joy. Wow. Now we become God's prized possessions. That means he wants us to come back to heaven with him. I'm excited about that. Gets my gizzard. And he did this for you and he did it for me. Will you take him up on that offer? I have, and then I have to surrender every day to remember to give him the glory and not me. Make him the hero of the story and not me. Number four, there's peace when God is in it. This is where we're closing on. Luke chapter two, eight through 12 says, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby gathering their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the, uh, the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. But the angels reassured them, listen to this, do not be afraid. Another way to say that is peace be with you. Okay? By their taking away their fear, they're allowing God's peace to rest on them. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by the sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in the strips of cloth, lying in the manger. One of the biggest commands in the Bible is do not be afraid. Every time an angel comes on the scene, it almost always comes on and says, do not be afraid. Which makes me wonder, how many times does the angels come down and he's like, oh yeah, you need to be afraid. (laughs) Because we don't read about those because I don't think those people last much longer after that. But when we are walking in step with God through the power of Jesus Christ, we do not have to be afraid of God's power. God's power is so much stronger, so much bolder than anything the world or Satan could throw at us. And that's why we fear God. Okay, When we are living in anxiety and worry, we are not looking to Jesus for our salvation. If God is willing to give his son into our care, don't you think that we ought to be able to give him our cares of this world? If God's going to give us his son to be in our care, shouldn't we be able to give his, our cares of this world to him? I think we could. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Because when we live in worry and anxiety, we sabotage God's desire for us to live in peace. Try pushing through the worry. Try pushing through the anxiety. And when we choose faith, we open up opportunities to live in that peace. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for our time together. We thank you that you um, have opened up an opportunity and a path back to you. Lord, I pray that we would be able to live a life that is worthy of the calling and give you the glory to walk in the peace. And now may the peace of God, who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood, may he equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you, through the power of Jesus Christ, every good that is pleasing to him, all glory to him forever and ever. Amen. That's Hebrews chapter 13, 20 and 21.